Broadcasting live from the center of the universe, it's business school without the BS. Featuring optometrist-turned-entrepreneur, Dr. Robert Zellner, with USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year, Clay Clark. It is the five-time show, let your boo begin, where we drop knowledge bombs for you in Portland. Teach the proven systems to make your ends, so you can produce the greenery like all the Oregon. Sue will call you Franklin, cause you got Benjamins. We'll call you Ben Pearl, cause you just bought a Benz. And then you'll be bragging to your wife and kids that your wallet's overweight, but it used to be thin. Thumbs away, this is play broadcasting with the Zen, with the focus locked in like San Quentin. Can I get a B to the O, O to the M? You've heard the rumors, he is I, and I is him. He be the Z, and I be the C. Now it's teaching business skills from play to Z. We both grew up poor, but we're poor no more. The goal of this show is to help you score. <laughs> All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio and podcast download. Now, today on today's show, we have an opportunity to interview a gentleman from across the pond who is a founder, who is the founder of one of the largest digital magazines on the planet. If you're not familiar with Founder Magazine, I want to introduce you to a magazine called Founder Magazine, And uh, throughout the years, this guy has actually featured people on the cover, such as Richard Branson. Uh, who's that? Seth Godin. Never heard of him. Gary Vee. Don't know who that is. Tony Robbins. Uh, I think I might. Uh, Mark Cuban. Oh, uh, yeah, I know Mark Cuban. Yeah, you, so you interview, you've, you've featured a lot of people who are kind of a big deal on your cover. Can you introduce Founder Magazine to all of our podcast listeners and radio show listeners who are not familiar with your digital magazine? Yeah, sure thing. Thank first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, um, founder is is basically you know we do print as well now. So we start off as digital, and uh, now we do print magazines as well. And uh, we're we're basically a a media and educational training company that uh, uh, connects uh, aspiring novice stage founders and entrepreneurs, and also experienced founders with insights and experiences and battle-tested strategies from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation. So why did you decide to create Founder Magazine? Did you, did you uh, have this burning desire to teach people entrepreneurship? Did you come from an entrepreneurial background? Where did this drive to start Founder Magazine come from? Um, well, to be honest, I just kind of fell into it. Um, I never, I never, like my mom was a nurse, my dad was a teacher, uh, don't have an entrepreneurial family or background. This is my first business. And uh, I uh, was really passionate about marketing. So I, it all started with the desire and drive to, to find work that I was passionate about and do work that I enjoyed. And uh, I started the magazine with, with no idea that it would be, you know, what it is today. And I, I literally just started as a passion hobby project on the side while I was working in a job that I that I didn't like because um no one I, I went back to uni to 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 pursue a, a career in marketing and um because I my my I was working in IT so that was where my, my first degree and my first career and I wanted to change careers and no one would give me a job so. I uh, decided to, to create my own product just for fun um, and, and market it. And, um, yeah, I just kind of – what happened was I fell in love with the process. I fell in love 
with the space. And I, at the time as well, when I was coming up with the idea of the magazine, I, I was starting to listen to business-related podcasts and, and also read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad or 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And uh, I was really curious around this space. And uh, I just felt that there wasn't really a publication out there that um, – you know, really went deep and really showed uh, the real journey of what it takes to build and grow a successful business and and the and the hard times, and also showcase and shine the light on perhaps entrepreneurs or founders that you may not have heard of that are disrupting industries in a very very big way. So I, I saw that as an opportunity, but at the same time, as a way to just kind of market a, a product for fun. But um, yeah, it just kind of took off, and and the rest is kind of history. And now, um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an obsession. So Nathan, let me let me ask you this. I think a lot of listeners out there uh, want want to start a business. I think a lot of people think about it. They had dreams about it. I think a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, most of our podcast listeners that that uh, tune in on a consistent basis, we hear own a business. But there are people that dabble into our podcast who are thinking about starting a business. Where did you get the capital needed to start? Your business, because I think I had read online that you started the company with uh, three thousand dollars. Is, 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 is that correct, or did you, was it did it cost yep. you more to start the company? How did you get the the capital to actually start the business? Yeah, so um, yeah, only cost three thousand dollars because remember at the time I didn't think it was going to be some you know huge, large, multi million dollar startup or anything of the sort. I, I it was literally just the idea of a, a passion project, and um, you know at the time I was working in a job where I was making about fifty grand a year, uh, so. Uh, and I used to love traveling. I worked at a travel company um, at the time, so incredible company. And uh, basically, uh, I just uh, you know uh, purchased the software. So to produce a digital magazine on the App Store and the Google Play Store, um, believe it or not, you 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 need to you believe it or not, you don't have to develop or custom code anything. There's actually software platforms that allow you to do that, and that's what all the big Big publications, Entrepreneur, Fast Company, Forbes, um, you know Huffington Post—they they all use off-the-shelf publishing software. So it cost me a couple grand to get started with that software, and then I set myself a task and a budget to work out how to create a magazine with about you know under a thousand dollars, and uh, you know I got the first issue out. Uh, with, within that budget because I literally had no money. So I had my mum helping me with the proofing and copy editing. And uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a rough, very, very uh, embarrassing first version uh, of a product, uh, but I shipped it. And on the first day, uh, we made five dollars and fifty cents. We had yes. two subscribers of the magazine. Yes, five dollars and fifty. Now, well, let me ask you this, because a lot of people would want to know that. I mean, a lot of our listeners want to know the specifics here. What uh, off-the-shelf software would you recommend that any of our listeners out there use? We have a lot of real estate agents listening to our podcast. People that want to create a digital publication of some kind. What are the off-the-shelf software programs that you would recommend? Yeah, so um, there, if you want to just uh, publish on like uh, on the web, on, on like a, on a browser, um, I highly recommend a tool called Flipsnack. It's a really, really, uh, really, really cool tool, and it's really easy to use. It's called Flipsnack. It's quite affordable. Um, if you want to actually build an app, and uh, you know 
allow people to consume really with the purpose of allowing people to consume the magazine on tablet form or in mobile form. Um, then, and it's a little bit more interactive, then um, there's a few different tools, uh, but probably the best one, which is the one that we use still to this day, is called MagCast, M-A-G-C-A-S-T. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the publishing softwares that we recommend. Now, do you, so you, do you use any uh, Adobe products, or do you stick pretty much within MagCast and uh, FlipSnack? Yeah, no Adobe products, but our designers really? um, do use InDesign okay, to, so to you, design you, the magazine. You do use InDesign. Okay, so that's uh, yeah. And is that uh, do you just feel like Madcast is, is is better than anything out there? I mean, you just I mean, you've probably tried everything at this point. Oh, look. To be honest, uh, shooting straight, uh, have only used Madcast. It's been a good tool. It's been solid. It's been good to us. Um, Plenty of tools have tried to port us or move us across, but I'm all about simplicity. I don't like to complicate things, and uh, you know, people get a great user experience. It works. It's just yeah, no no need to to try another tool for now. Um, and uh, yeah, so you use Mag you use Magcast to actually build the app, host and manage the magazine, and then you use like Adobe InDesign to actually design the content and and, and to you know the cover and the pages and the masthead and all that side of things. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question. You know, there's a lot of listeners out there that might be saying to themselves, well, you know, a digital magazine. I mean, what's the real value of a digital magazine in the world where some could argue that there's a lot of great content out there for free? And I would, I would argue just for one, you can save a ton of time if you just study proven best practice systems that have been shown to work. But what do you think the real value is for your subscribers? Why do people love Founder Magazine? That's F-O-U-N-D-R for all of our listeners out there. Founder Magazine. What, what is the big value of the digital magazine for your, for your subscribers? Yeah, so from a, from a commercial value prop standpoint, um, right now we live in a day and age where there is so much content. Um, it's, it's just so overwhelming. So I think when you can package things up and make things really concise, uh, you know, it, it, it provides value. So we have a unique spin on, on the content that we produce every single month in that publication. And we make it a point that every single article that we put out is extremely actionable, even to the point that at the end of each magazine edition, we have actionable takeaways. So after you've read the whole magazine, there's, here's some of the things that you should go and do. So it's, um, you know, there's still, still is a lot of storytelling, but it is still focused around, as I said, around the content we produce more around really, really focusing on actionable, battle-tested stuff, strategies, learning from others' experiences, less story, less breaking news, more what can you take and apply. Um, and then, yeah, I think with a book or a magazine, it's just a, a collection of information compiled. And I think um, that 
that is valuable. Like you look at subscription boxes, a lot of these subscription box companies like, for example, Loot Crate. Um, yes, they have scarcity because, you know, there's a limited amount of special edition items, but a lot of those items you could probably purchase individually. So I think of it um, in, a simple, uh, in a similar way where if you can um, save that person time around if they want to learn something about a particular topic – uh, then there's a, an extremely large amount of value there versus, you know, just looking yourself. Now, throughout, throughout the years, you've covered, your publication has featured on its cover Richard Branson, uh, Seth Godin, Tony Robbins, some of the names I mentioned earlier, Mark Cuban. How do you go out there and get people like that to agree to be on your cover? Or what is that process, as you might say? What, is that, what does that process uh, look like? Yeah, so um, one thing that I realized along the way was that when it comes to producing content or wanting to build a brand any of any sort and you're a content, your, your, your brand produces content, a really strong way to stand out and, and to, to build a brand and to build influence is through publishing a magazine. It was something that I, I didn't know at the time but worked it out pretty quickly. So um, using the magazine as a tool of influence because it has high perceived value uh, then we can use that in a way to to get cut through versus a, maybe if you just had a, a content platform where you produced a podcast or a blog or a YouTube channel. All right, Thrive Nation, when we return, more with our exclusive interview with Nathan Chan, the founder of Founder Magazine. But during the break, I realize you might have a little bit of downtime. You might have... Uh, a few minutes if you're listening to the radio show, or you might have a few seconds if you're listening to the podcast, but I would encourage you to go to hoodcpas.com to take a second look at your accounting. Perhaps you feel like you're being proactive with your accounting. Perhaps you feel like you're on top of your numbers, but I think your accounting deserves a second look. So go to hoodcpas.com today. That's hoodcpas.com today. Stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. And now broadcasting live from the box that rocks, it's the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. Top of high of learning and high of earning, taking you to the top like we're hiking Mount Vernon. We're changing the mindsets like we're incense burning, passing on the magic like our name was Irvin. Serving up that knowledge like I was a servant. I cite what I say so you know I'm not a servant. The Thrive Time Show, bringing the heat while fervent. Giving it to you straight in the world that swerves. Stacking the cash, making the dash, earning the plaques, bringing them back. Bring me the track so I can get up on the mic and speak the facts. Stacking the cash, making the dash, earning the plaques, bringing them back. Bring me the track so I can get up on the mic and speak the facts. All right, Thrive Nation, here are the facts. Today's guest, Nathan Chan. This guy is an incredible entrepreneur who is, uh, he calls Australia his home. And he started a digital magazine in 2013. And since that time, he's had the pleasure of interviewing Richard Branson, Seth Godin, Gary Vee, Tony Robbins, Mark Cuban, and much, much more. And let me restate that. Since starting the magazine in March of 2013, he has created he has created an opportunity for himself to interview Richard Branson, Seth Godin, Gary V, Tony Robbins, 
and Mark Cuban chip. I mean, is that not incredible that he's created these opportunities? From the ages of 26 to 31. That's pretty cool. I, I, want, I, just, I, I am absolutely completely impressed with this guy's yeah, resume. Absolutely. His background, his knowledge of kangaroo meat. Uh, the best, obviously. He's from Australia. He's from Australia. He currently, we, we, we interviewed him today. Good day, mate. He's actually calling us from Australia. Right. And uh, where they actually, you can buy meat in the grocery store. Yeah. He has a vast knowledge of Vegemite. Now, Chubb, before we get back to the interview, (laughs) I want to share with you, do you know a lot about Vegemite? I do know about Vegemite. Uh, If it's the same thing I'm thinking of, my cousin married a guy from England, and he had us all try Vegemite, and I threw it down. So like okay, so let me let me let, let, me, let me give you my my Vegemite story here. Okay, okay? I'm, I'm super interested. So I uh, enrolled in Oral Roberts University when I was a freshman there. Naturally, I was actually um a, I was transferring in from St. Cloud State, so I guess I was a academic uh, sophomore, but I went to high school early, so I went to high school my senior year. Okay, um, a lot of people in high school they want to you know hang out in high school and kind of and I I am kind of naturally antisocial, so as soon as I had enough credits possible, I actually asked if I could get out of high school early, and I was thinking about either dropping out or just going to college or something, and so they said I could go to college early, so I went to college early, so I transferred into ORU as an academic uh, sophomore, but my first year on campus somewhere. And the roommate that they assigned me to live with, his name was Clinton Clark. No way. Now, my name is Clayton Clark. <laughs> no way. Swear, swear to you. <laughs> and he's from Australia. That's awesome. <laughs> and he lasted as my roommate for, as I recall, and, and the years have uh, uh, numbed, numbed me to, to reality, but I believe he was my roommate for three days. How'd that, how'd that go? <laughs> well, this is where I want to tee it up here because uh, I am I don't do well with variables, right? And so I came to college with the with the exclusive purpose of I'm going to start a DJ company, and I'm going to go from being poor to not poor. That's the move. And I'm going to take all the classes I need to take to get my knowledge base up in accounting, Photoshop, graphic design, multimedia, that kind of thing. That's why I'm going to college, right? And Clinton, probably a normal guy. Would say stuff, you know, like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? What up, dude? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You want to go to the gym? Hey, are you dating anybody? And I was just blinders. Right. Like, I'm on the phone, and then I would go to bed. I'm on the phone, I'd go to bed. The problem was, I'm like, either on the phone or working until like 3 a.m., and I'd set my alarm for 6. Yeah. And he's like, dude, you can't go to bed at 3 and then wake up like at six because I am in the same room with you. And I've gone to bed at midnight. I'm trying to sleep till nine. <laughs> right. And I explained to him, it is totally cool if you want to move out. And he said, that's the problem with you. <laughs> I won't hold it against you. <laughs> so he said, that's the problem. You're not willing to compromise at all. I said, absolutely not. So I went through that roommate. Then, like, maybe I want to say, like, Two weeks later, I went through a second roommate. I remember hearing about the multiple roommates, but I didn't know the exact The second timeline. roommate, I explained to him that in order for my recording studio to work, because I charged people 50 bucks an hour to record audio out of my dorm room, I needed him to sleep in the closet because we're going to use his bed mattresses as soundproofing. Duh. I mean, what? And he said, how much are you paying me a week? I said, I'll pay like, you know, I think it was like $200 a week. I'll pay you $200 a week, and I'll give you, I'll buy you a nice replica baseball jersey. Once a month. Uh, and, dude, I would have totally taken that deal in college. <laughs> and so so I paid him a, you know, a couple hundred bucks a week. That's to amazing. Yeah, it was like four hours of studio time a week for him. So And he was like, that, was, sounds, that sounds cool and everything, until like the first or second day of doing that. Yeah, you know. And then third roommate's just like, I'm out. 
I talked to my uh, 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 the student counselor guy, uh, Jason, and Jason pulls me aside. He's an older guy. He's probably like thir- you know, mid-30s. He's yeah, in charge of the dorms. The, the dorm dad. And he says, hey, man, you've gone through three roommates in like less than three months. You're not going to be able to keep a roommate if you keep this current behavior. And I said, exactly. So it's working? <laughs> so I actually, what you see here in the man cave right now yeah. was my dorm room. This was the plan. This in was every the- office I've ever worked in, I, I do this to it. I swag it out. And uh, so my Kindly wa- leave. <laughs> right. So, uh, and you've seen this. I actually, like my wife and I, we, we share a bed, but she is like super funny because she's aware of my idiosyncrasies. Well, yeah. But she's like, I have my own bathroom. Right. And so <laughs> I would just say, if you're out there listening- and you think, gosh, I am a, I am a sick freak. I'm just a weirdo. I am, I am so weird, but I'm not that weird. Um, you might need to start your own business someday. That's the move, right? There. To be able to get away with all these idiosyncrasies. And so when we come back from the break, we're going to be interviewing a guy who actually works out every morning. He works out every morning, and then he wears his gym clothes to work. Is that not great? And doesn't actually change. Even though he's interviewing some big-time people and doing big-time <laughs> connections, he gets up and works out with the gym clothes and then proceeds to wear those gym clothes to the interviews. Australian Clay, is this you? Yes. <laughs> what happened? What's Chop, that? I mean, when you heard that, did you not think this is what you do? Well, I have multiple things I heard. I'm looking at like, <laughs> are you interviewing your south of the hemisphere yourself? I wish I had a good <laughs> Australian accent. Can you do an Australian accent? Hey, good day, mate. That's pretty good. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. I got to work on mine. Uh, I, yeah. I, I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. Fosters, Ma- Australian for beer. Now, Matt, Matt is a, a great member of our team, a great American. Matt, can you do an Australian accent? Can you do one? Oh, I sure can. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's impressive. All right, Thrive Nation, we come back from the break. We're going to have Matt, the incredible office team member. Uh, He's going to be doing Australian accents. We're going to be breaking down the audio here from our interview with the founder of Founder Magazine. If you're just tuning in here, you're going to absolutely love this interview. It's a a game-changing interview with Nathan Chan. This guy's interviewed Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, Seth Godin, Richard Branson. But, Chuck, before we do that, tell them about our show sponsor there, my friend. Well, we've got a company that they come in and they turn our bathrooms, Clay, into oh. a work of art. I'm yes. telling you, I, I get confused. I walk in, I'm you know, going to wash my hands, go to the bathroom maybe, and I see these mints in the urinal. Right. And I bite them, and I'm like, wow, God, that's, that's, uh, this was so clean. And so we definitely use the guys <laughs> over at Classic Janitorial, the same guys that Google and New Star and Dr. Robert Zoner and Associates, Total Any Concepts, we're all using the same company because they provide such a good value at such a good price. They're actually going to uh, clean your high-traffic flooring areas, shampoo your carpet, right. buff your floors for free. Other companies are charging $1,000 a month for that. So call them today, 918-671-2046, 918-671-2046, or check them out at TheClassicClean.com, TheClassicClean.com. Chup, did you just say TheClassicClean.com? I said TheClassicClean.com. Thank you. No negative emotion, because that's what business is. Always dominate, because I got five kids. I will not lose. I don't break but rules. They can talk about me. I can take that abuse. Here is the truth. While they make that excuse, I'll be up grinding because the scoreboard's the truth. He is my mentor like my Yoda dude. He showed me the force like I was a young loser. 
All right, Thrive Nation, for of you just tuning in, this is our exclusive interview with Nathan Chan. Nathan Chan is the founder of Founder Digital Magazine, which he started back in March of 2013. Now, through the years, he's actually interviewed Richard Branson, Seth Godin, Come on. Gary V, Tony Robbins, and Mark Cuban. And, the, and our man does not take a shower after working out. He works out every day, and then he goes to work. He does not put on dress clothes right. when he goes to the office. And he's a, he's guy, a hustler baby and he wants you to know. Now I'll tell you this, I do work out each morning, but I will tell you I do then change clothes and take a shower, but I do put on a hoodie and jeans every day. So I feel like we've got a similar flow going here. That's weird. <laughs> when I interviewed the guy, I was thinking to myself, I think Nathan and I might be brothers from another mother. And so during this interview, if you um, like Nathan, then I think you'd probably like me. And if you don't like Nathan, then you probably won't like me. Without any further ado, our special exclusive ultra premium edition interview with Nathan Chan, the founder of Founder Magazine. Uh, Chet Holmes in his book, The Ultimate uh, Sales Machine, talks about making a list of the top 100 people you want to get and then going after them. What would be your strategy? I mean, how, did you, how have you gone out there and got some of the, uh, the, the top minds on the cover of your digital magazine? One, having a magazine um, does does make it a little easier. Yeah. Two, I think the biggest thing you need to look for is if that person is looking for press, then that's a really good time to ask them to do an interview. So just as an example, um, uh, you know, a really good little trick is look at the Amazon coming soon list uh, for anyone that's launching a book. Um, so, for example, the, one of the founders of Home Depot, um, he's launching a book. So I just sent a pitch through to uh, Penguin uh, Random House because they're the publishers behind that book and they want to sell as many copies as possible. So um, the rules are, uh, do you have a, a content platform or, or can you provide value or, or, or how can you spin it in a way where it's all about that person? And and if they are looking for press, then that's a really good time to, to have that ask. Um, and then number two is uh, you need to be able to find that gatekeeper. Um, now, for example, there's many different ways or many different gatekeepers. So um, not everybody launches books, launches books, but perhaps you know, for in our instance, for our market, you can apply this this approach to any market if you're a content producer. Um, but you know, let's say that Elon Musk was launching Tesla Australia. A lot of these founders do road shows and they'll look to engage a local PR company who they will pay to go and get them press. So you need to find that right person in. Some other instances, like if somebody's about to launch a book like Tony Robbins, for example, you could reach out to his internal assistant that manages all his media requests, or you could find uh, a PR company that they're paying money for. Or lastly, you know, you could uh, reach out to the publisher of that book who are also batting to get as many book sales as possible. So you need to find that gatekeeper. Once you know who that gatekeeper is, a key component is to pitch uh like as you mentioned, what Tim says, you have to be prepared to be rejected. Um, so, and you have to be prepared to continuously follow up and uh, be relentless. Not annoying, but you know, polite and kind and respectful, but persistent. I think that's a really, really big key Are thing. Are you a, a once great a week tool. kind of follow up kind of guy? I mean, do you like to follow up once once a week when you're being? Because I, yeah, I think it's a great point you just made about being persistent versus. 
um, being annoying? I mean, are you the kind of guy who likes to follow up once a week, or are you the kind of guy that follows up every day? Or what, 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 what advice would you give for the folks out there about persistence following up? Yeah, so um, I was just about to um, mention there's a great tool called uh, Rebump. It's a Gmail plugin, and you can automate the follow-up. So um, that makes it easier because I, I, you get that feeling when you have to type that email again, like, oh, I'm going to be annoying or whatever. So what you can do is you can automate it. So you tick this little box, and then all the templates will come out, and, and it'll send like you know three or four follow-ups over like uh, every seven days. And, uh, and yeah, that, that's what I do to make it easier easier because I, I feel it. I, I'm scared. I, I, I feel that fear. And um, that's just a way that I can kind of set it and forget it. Um, and if, if that person doesn't get back to me after four times over like a month long period, then I, I come back to them maybe in six months and try again. This is amazing. You said if you, if you don't get a response after your fourth time reaching out to somebody a month, then you follow up in six months. Yeah, 100%. You have to. Oh, that right there. You know what? There's We have a lot of great interviews, a lot of great people we interview, but that right there I think may be the, the golden nugget so far. That's huge, the, the, the persistence, because I think the saying the word persistence, Nathan, you say the word persistence, I say the word persistence, but when you just said persistence and explain what that looks like, that's probably 10 times more persistent than the average person. 100%. You have to want like you have to want it bad enough and you have to be prepared to do uncomfortable things and have that courage and step outside your comfort zone. I don't like harassing or, and I don't harass, but hassle people or the find the right person to speak to and follow them up all the time. But if you don't, you know, uh, people aren't going to get back to you. And I think phone calls is a good one as well. Um, don't just send emails, make phone calls. It's a great way to get cut through. We're only getting more and more email now. Um, you know, if you, if, if you've got the courage to, to make a phone call, it's nice. Like what we're, we're chatting right now, it's a nice conversation. It's, it's real, you right. know, and if you can actually call someone on the phone, uh, just, I think shows so much more. Now for the listeners out there, who uh, are, you know, a lot of times we want, we want to get kind of familiar with you. We want to know, you know, hey, this guy's got the Founder Magazine. Sounds like a, a big deal. I like what I'm hearing here. But people want to know, and look into your personal life. What's what's something that most people uh, don't know about you or something that maybe the, the folks who do know you say, you know, one thing that Nathan does that is bizarre or unique or one thing you need to know about Nathan that he does that everybody else doesn't do or what's what's something about you that really stands out, something from your personal life that's extremely unique? Um, I, every day when I go to work, um, I, I, I usually go to gym beforehand or after or go boxing or, or train at the gym and I don't like taking a change of clothes. So um, I just usually wear track pants uh, or sweatpants and like a, like a singlet and then a jumper and I don't even think about it. <laughs> and really? a lot of people would think that that's kind of weird and a, a lot of people always comment like I might go and meet somebody it's probably a pretty big deal or has a you know a significant amount of influence by by the size of their company or the amount of impact they're making with their business or this, whatever and um, 
yeah, people might find that kind of weird, but I just don't like to, to, to have to take a change of clothes or have to worry about all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't really care that much about my appearance too much. And like, <laughs> uh, but at the other token, if I want to dress up and wear really good clothes, like I can, I, I, people would probably think I have really like great sense of style and fashion. Um, so that's one, or maybe that I've got food allergies and that I'm allergic to dairy, eggs, peanuts. Yeah, never had, yeah, never had chocolate or ice cream in my life. Really? So what do you what do you eat? I mean, you just eat like grass. Do you go out there and just steal all the food from <laughs> local cows, or what do you what are you eating there? And now broadcasting live from the box that rocks. It's the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. Top of higher learning and higher earning. Taking you to the top like we're hiking Mount Vernon. We're changing the mindsets like we're incense burning. Passing on the magic like our name was Irvin. Serving up that knowledge like I was a servant. I cite what I say so you know I'm not a servant. The Thrive Time Show, bringing the heat while fervent. Giving it to you straight in the world that's worth. Stacking the cash, making the dash. Running the plaques, bringing them back. Bring me the track so I can get up on the mic and Speak the facts. Stacking the cash, making the dash. Earning the plaques, bringing them back. Bring me the track so I can get up on the mic and speak the facts. Hello, Thrive Nation. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I pride myself on having more intra- more idiosyncrasies per capita than virtually anybody else I've ever met. It seems like I meet people and they'll say, Clay, you know, uh, you, we should go on a trip together. And I'm like, no, no. That's see you you have you hold me in such high regard right now because I'm so good at what I do because I stay in my lane. Right. But if we go on vacation, what you're going to do is you're gonna say, I think your mind doesn't work. Clay, we can be late twenty minutes to the beach. So let me just and I'm just telling you, like as an as an example, uh, a friend of mine uh, asked me, Can we go to Colorado together? Can right. we go to Colorado? Yeah, it's and I beautiful. Think, we'll go skiing. And I said, I I don't do that. Uh, I am afraid of uh, heights, um, change, variables. Yes, those. Conversations involving how you feel. So you like being on a ski lift with a stranger up in the air where it's really cold. And long road trips. Right, the, obviously that. So we drive, and I've probably driven for like 30 minutes. Okay. And I've got the phone in the phone. I was able to play Spotify. This is probably five years ago. And the Spotify is cutting out because we're starting to get, we're like 45 minutes away from Tulsa. And the Spotify is cutting out. And I told Vanessa, I, I, I can't do it. And she goes, what do you can't, what do you can't do? I said, I just can't. I can't do, like, conversations, you know, <laughs> so um, that are not, like, actionable involving systems and, you know, facts. So um, could you drive? She's like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So she's driving. And then she's like, well, could you drive again? Probably an hour later. So I'm driving. I, I honestly I cannot do road trips. I'm like it's like this anxiety. I don't know what it is, but I just I'm like ah ah I gotta get out of the car. I just want to get out of the car. Just, we, we share this. And do you really? Yeah. yeah I, I'm I like it's so hot. Not. I just it's so hot. I just I just want to get out of the car. And then there's yeah. no music, and I couldn't tune into a station. And then it's where you're tuning, and it's like and it gives you a glimmer of hope, where it's yeah. like ESPN the tonight, like the Cavaliers versus the. Yeah. And I'm like no, and it's like start it from the bottom now. And I'm like what? And it's like get low, get low, get low. Get and I'm like, no, come on, come on. He's like, I can't fight this feeling anymore. And I'm like, God, and you just. Right. Is there aliens? What is that? What yeah, is that? and then all, and so I, I said, babe, pull over. So I go and uh, uh, get get some vodka. 
they gotta do it. <laughs> and so I, I get some vodka, I get some orange juice, and I'm like, you're driving. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in the, in the passenger seat, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm past my legal limit. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to drive this thing home. And so we're driving into the mountains, and I, I'm just, you know, out of it really. And I can tell you that I, that the entire trip, I remember the trip to Colorado as the low point of my entire <laughs> life. And then when we got there to Colorado, I remember thinking, what are we going to do now? Because I don't ski. Right, it's winter. <laughs> so let me tell you what happened. is My, friends ha- my friend ha- has uh, four kids. I have five kids. Okay. And he skis, normal person. Right. Yeah. My wife skis, or wanted to ski. Never really skied since she was young, but she wanted to ski. And uh, his wife skied. And so... Uh, they're like, we're going to go skiing. We'll take ski lessons. We'll go up on the chalet area. We'll visit. Oh, we'll get yeah. up on the on the, the ski lifts. The we'll gondolas. Get, the gondolas. Yeah. All these things will happen. Right. And we're at a nice place. We're at, uh, uh, what's what's one of the nice towns? Not not Vail. Breckenridge. But it's, Breckenridge. Yeah, yeah. Breckenridge. It's beautiful. There's a yellow Starbucks there in downtown. So okay. we're there at Breckenridge. And I'm like, can I, I'll watch all the kids. They're like, you're going to watch nine kids? I would love to. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I get up on the ski lift because they, they said, no, no, let's just go up on the ski lift. Uh, and I'm on the ski lift going, okay, okay, okay. Uh, like, you okay? I'm I'm serious. I was just like, I couldn't do it. Like, I, I thought I was going to fall off. It was yeah. crazy. So I spent the entire trip watching the nine kids. So I tested nine kids. We got nine kids. No big deal. This is me. I'm an, I'm an adult man. I'm like I'm a know, manager. I can do. I'm this. 32. I got this. You know, so I had a good time watching the kids. So I take the kids to, to a local pizzeria. Nice. And uh, Mike Fine with Fine Airport Parking uh, just happens to walk in, and he's ah. like, Clay Clark, what's up, dude? Yeah. Mike Fine, what's up? Kirk Fryer, a client of mine for like nine years, walks in. Dude, what's up? Farmers Insurance, how you doing, man? But this just keeps happening. So I run into all these business guys who they view work as a means to an end. They view vacation, right, as like the the reward. Right. To me, vacation is work and work is my vacation. Vocation, right. And so right, but vocation meaning calling. Right. But I I it's all I'll just say is if you're out there listening and you say, gosh, I've got some idiosyncrasies, some weird stuff I'm dealing with. This show is for you because we're interviewing a guy who I think is very similar to me in many ways. Um, he's a guy who started a very successful magazine called Founder Magazine. Chup, can you read off some of the people he's interviewed over the years? Because he has an impressive list of people he's been able to interview over the years. Yeah, tell me. I don't know if I've heard of these people, Clay. You might inform me, but Richard Branson. Uh, 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 oh, is that the yeah, Virgin yeah. guy? Virgin Airlines, Virgin Mobile. Okay. Seth Godin. Uh, I've Cow heard Marketing. of him. Yep. Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, Ultimate Podcast Success Story. Right. Uh, Tony Robbins. Oh. Mr. Anthony Robbins. Rob Deirdrick, super famous, you know, wardrobe guy. He's on MTVs all over the place. Mark Cuban. Who hasn't heard of Mark Cuban? Shark Mark Cuban. Tank, Dallas Mavericks. So there's some big names. Can I tell you this? I've honestly never heard of Rob Deerdick. Rob Deerdick was a, I believe, I'm not positive, I believe he was a- I believe in a thing called love. He was a uh, skateboarder back in the day, and I think he has a line of shoes. I'm not sure, but he he sold like a bunch of skate shoes, had a show on MTV, uh, just kind of did a whole lot of stuff after that. I don't know a lot about him, though. What's MTV? It is music television. What's a skateboard? Skateboard is what you cook chicken nuggets. Just with. messing with you, Thrive Nation. <laughs> All right. So this guy, though, he's interviewed a lot of really successful people. His name's yes. Nathan Chan. 
He's the founder of Founder Magazine. Cool dude. And uh, he's a guy with a lot of idiosyncrasies. And so without any further ado, Nathan Chan explains to, uh, to us some of his idiosyncrasies. Maybe that I've got food allergies and that I'm allergic to dairy, eggs, You're allergic to dairy? Eggs? Yeah, I never had, yeah, never had chocolate or ice cream in my life. Really? So what do you what do you eat? I mean, you just eat like grass. Do you go out there and just steal all the food from <laughs> local cows, or what do you what do you eat in there? Uh, well, look, I can um, I can uh, I I am lucky that I can eat meat um, and I can eat uh, f- uh, seafood as well, um, and I can eat wheat. So yeah, there's still a good variety of diet there for me. So, so you eat you eat meat. Yeah. You eat meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat meat. What kind of uh, food? What kind of meat? I guess what kind of meat you know are you into? Is there a certain kind of meat category that you 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 dominate? Are you a beef guy? Are you a poultry guy? Are you what? What's your favorite category of yeah, meat? Yeah, um, I uh, in Australia, it's not really a thing for you guys in the states, but in Australia, I think it's an Australian thing because I was looking for it many times when I come to the states. Is is uh, chicken and chips. I really like a good chicken and chips. Like rotisserie, like roast uh, charcoal chicken and chips is really tasty. It's a good little treat every now and then. But yeah, I, I ate a lot of lean uh, uh, lean uh, chicken. Uh, chips as in yeah, French fries? What are you considering healthy. a chip over there? Oh, French fries. French fries. French fries. Okay. I wasn't. And do, you, do you lather that in Vegemite? No, no, no. You use Vegemite as a spread on like your toast. But I know I don't like Vegemite. Okay, fi- final Australian stereotypical question I have <laughs> here for you: how, how how many times per day do you eat kangaroo meat? I don't really eat kangaroo meat. You know, they say that it uh, that a lot of bodybuilders do because it's much more leaner than uh, and you get more protein than chicken. But um, yeah, no, it's not that common. Like a few, like you can buy it in the supermarkets and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> mainly people just eat chicken. Okay, I, I I get the thing is, you know, you being in Australia, what Americans think? They think, look at this guy. While you're interviewing him, he's probably going to be lathering up everything in front of him with with Vegemite, and he's probably eating a kangaroo while watching Crocodile Dundee while he's doing the interview. So these are just I want to break through the stereotypes that are occurring across the pond. Now, now let me ask you: yeah. where, where do you go to work? You said you go to work, you work out before you go to work. Where do you go to work? I mean, are you are you working out at your house? Do you work out in an office? Do you have a shared office space? Where do you make a, a digital magazine that's that's famous throughout the world? Yeah, so um, most of our team is remote, but we do have an office in Melbourne. Um, it's a it's just a shared working space, and there's about six of us in the in the Melbourne office. But then, yeah, the rest rest of the team is remote. Um, so, yeah, I do most of my best work, though, to be honest, at the home office. But I'm in the office every day. Um, today, in particular, Friday mornings. It's Friday morning here, so we're I'm speaking to you from the future. Oh, from um, the future, yeah. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to dwell on the past. Uh, I don't want to dwell on the past. I want to focus on the future. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's where um, you know I I do all my interviews. I, usually every Friday morning, I do a ton of interviews. Um, that's my interview time. But all right, Thrive Nation. When we return, more with our exclusive interview with the man, the myth, the legend, Nathan Chan, the founder of Founder Magazine. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. And now broadcasting live. From the box that rocks, it's the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. It's time for higher learning and higher earning. Taking 
to the top like we're hiking Mount Vernon. We're changing the mindsets like we're incense burning. Passing on the magic like our name was Irvin. Serving up that knowledge like I was a servant. And I cite what I say so you know I'm not a servant. A drive time show, bringing the heat while fervent. Giving it to you straight in the world that swerves. Stacking the cash, making the dash, earning the plaques, bringing it back. Bring me the track so I can get up on the mic and speak the facts. Stacking the cash, making the dash, earning the plaques, bringing it back. Bring me the track so I can get up on the mic and speak the facts. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. And if you have, or if you are, or if you're just now turning, uh, tuning in, and you say, "Gosh, I, I what, what, what are we talking about? What's, what, the, what's going on here? What are we talking about? We're interviewing Nathan Chan, the founder of Founder Magazine. This guy throughout his career has interviewed Richard Branson, Seth Godin, Gary V, Tony Robbins. Mark Cuban. How old is he, Chef? 31. So at the age of 31, yes. he's living a life that a lot of people say, gosh, I would love to do that someday when I'm older. He's got good hair, too. Just, but he's doing it. He he is doing he's it. doing it. And so Action what I want to do, we asked him, we asked him, we said, I said, hey, listen, Nathan, what does your schedule look like on a daily basis? And so without any further ado, Nathan Chan, the founder of Founder Magazine, explains to us his daily schedule. Stay tuned. Yeah, usually I'm in the office, um, you know, Monday to Friday, and then uh, do a lot of work uh, in the home office uh, in the evenings. So, what motivates you to do what you do? I mean, what what is the deal? Because you said that this is something you're passionate about earlier. You said this is something you're passionate about, and I, I interview so many entrepreneurs, and if you have two two camps, I'm going to go into camp number two. I'll just tell you the listeners out there, I'm involved in a variety of business ventures that. Uh, I really could not care less about at all. There's just there's nothing I could care less than some of the ventures I'm involved in. But I care about like my wife and chasing her around. And so in order to generate copious amounts of, of cash, uh, of currency, you know, <laughs> I, I'm in different industries. But I, I personally, in a lot of the businesses I'm involved in, I actually would never use the product. I don't have any like, ethical concerns with the product. I just, I wouldn't, it's, it's something that the world needs, but I'm not personally that excited about it. But you seem like a guy, like our, like our podcast, interviewing you right now, I'm, I'm passionate about this. This is what I like to do. Talk to me mm. about what, why are you passionate? What motivates you to do what you do? Well, to be honest, like when I first started, I was just, you know, I, I was just looking to find work that I enjoyed. And then I fell in love with the magazine and, and this, this business and this space. And, and I've always naturally as a person liked helping others. And then as time went on, um, I started to develop a belief and, and a vision for, for what founder could be. And, and now like what drives me and, and the founder team is we're very, very passionate and, and focused on how we can build a household name entrepreneurial brand that serves tens of millions of entrepreneurs and founders on a weekly basis. Right now, millions of people consume our content. Uh, we want that to be in the tens of millions every single week. Um, it's it's going to be a very, very long journey. Um, I, they say that it takes seven to 10 years to build anything of true worth and significance. I agree with that. So I, I've, I, I have an insane focus are around the uh, you know producing ridiculous amounts of next level content in many different modalities uh, and, and building out uh, you know the founder brand so um, 
that's kind of what drives me and the team now, and that's an obsession. I've been doing this for about four years, so I have at least another good six years in me. Um, I don't have a family yet. Um, I'm, uh, uh, you know, uh, I have a, a long-time uh, girlfriend, but uh, haven't settled down in that aspect. So I think I've got probably a good another three to five years where I can give it a good hard crack and just, um, you know, just really see how far. We can take this brand, and uh, and uh, that's kind of where I get my kicks to be able to create something uh, that was once an idea conceived in my mind to impact, you know, tens of millions of people, eventually hundreds of millions, billions of people. I I, I get a real kick out of that, and um, you know, um, I, I think founders a more is in a way a legacy-based business. It's an asset-based business. Don't get me wrong, we're very profitable, and but we reinvest all that profit into growth. Um, uh, so yeah, that's kind of what drives me. Uh, look, I do, you know, I, I, I probably in the next two, three years probably uh, in will probably invest or advise in other companies maybe one day but um, for now I'm just insanely focused on growing founder and and but no I get it like it, there's a lot of it, it is fun uh, to, to, to create other businesses and other ventures and, and other things but I just think uh, for now I'm just not ready to do that I'm still I'm still uh, uh, learning myself I'm not uh, I don't think my I, I don't see myself as a master founder or entrepreneur or an expert yet to be honest with you now I've got three final questions each one will get progressively tougher each one will paint you into a corner each one will be political and religious in nature no I'm just kidding but I have three three questions for you <laughs> three final yep. questions here you look like like you're, uh, uh, you know, like uh, 27, but you sound like you're 414. How old are you? You have a lot of wisdom there. You look like you're 27. You sound like you're 414. You only eat meat. You've admitted that you're a meat guy. You're eating. You're eating clean. Talk to me. How old are you? I'm 31. 31. Oh man, I missed it on both ends. I a little. I, I wasn't sure. So right there in the middle, somewhere between 414 and 27. Is the number thirty one okay? So now, what what struggles? What has been the biggest struggle in route to building your business? Because it sounds like you know, I I go I wake up every morning, I work out, I work in a shared office space, I've got millions of people that consume my content. I am thirty one. I'm a beautiful man. I've got a long term <laughs> girlfriend. I occasionally dabble in kangaroo and Vegemite. You sound like you have it made out there in Melbourne. What's been the biggest struggle for you en route to building your success? Okay, yeah. So like let's let's definitely not paint the picture that this stuff is easy. Uh, it's ridiculously hard and it takes a lot of hard work and sacrifice and, and late nights and early mornings. Um, in regards to failure um, or, or uh, I guess, learnings that I've had or tough times, there's been tons. Uh, probably the most, uh, you know, probably the most traumatic one for me would be uh, when I first started the magazine, it actually wasn't called Founder. It was called something else. Uh, I can't mention what it was, but I was sued by one of the biggest business magazines oh, in the States, actually. Um, if I guess, can you just say nope, and that way I know it's the right one? Yep. I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, you continue. <laughs> okay. Trying to paint you into a corner here. Yeah, yeah. But it was it's it's one of the largest print magazines, U.S. business magazine, print 
business magazines in the States. Um, so yeah, I, um, that happened in the first four months. Imagine your first four months starting a businessman, just innocent guy, just, right. you know, just, just trying How to give you a How did you know crack, that just... naming your digital magazine Forbes magazine would get you in trouble? <laughs> No, nah, it wasn't Forbes. It wasn't Forbes. Okay, I, I, I can't. I mean, who knew that when you called it Newsweek, <laughs> you would get in trouble? No. Okay. All right. Newsweek. All right. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was first four months in. I'm just like you know, just some you know guy guy that's just trying to create this magazine on the side while I was working my day job and like. Yeah, Tolson, you know, was very uh, – knew nothing about business, man. And, like, you know, being sued, it's really scary. And you oh, got, yeah. I've got people in the States contacting me. Like, i got lawyers trying to contact me saying – for lead gen saying, hey, I know the judge. I was his – like, he was a mentor to me. we got to move now. You're being sued. You're to appear in court. I was served. I got a FedEx package in the mail. Oh, served. sweet. Did you frame that? Have you framed it up? <laughs> I should. But I no. put all my litigation, by the way, in the bathroom or in the walls. <laughs> I'll frame it up afterwards. So I'm not kidding. If you ever come to Tulsa, and I know you're going to because it's a, it's a tourism hotbed. When you come to Tulsa, I frame all former litigation pending. I frame it up on the walls. It's a good way to remember what it felt like then. Because I think it's your high watermark. It's probably good for you to get sued right away, right? Now everything, now everything else probably seems a lot less stressful. Yeah. Well, look, I, 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 I tend to agree there in the sense that uh, I learned some really good business lessons around uh, trademark law and then also around erring on the side of caution um, when it comes to just just playing it by the book, you know, and just really making sure that um, you're not doing anything you shouldn't be doing and really protecting your business. Um, so, yeah, basically uh, – you know, just ended up changing the name, and it ended up all going away. And and the new name is is so much better. The na- the first name was actually three letters. Uh, sorry, mm. three words. Three mm. words. Um, I I when it comes to branding, New I York like Times. Word Why would you now. call it New York Times? You you had to know <laughs> that you were going to get busted. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, not okay. New York Times. Uh, but yeah, I, I like one words now. And, and mm-hmm. I think we have a massive opportunity because, you know, of, of the brand founder, like that is synonymous amongst every single entrepreneur. Yeah. They, they, uh, you know, not everyone's a founder, but or, uh, you know, there's a lot of business owners that don't consider themselves a founder. But, you know, we, we you know, hold trademark and claim to that name um, that, you know, that's a that's a pretty powerful thing to, to be able to do. I, uh, I, I think uh, we actually got lucky that, that somebody doesn't already have this name, you know, four or five years ago. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a, that, that's why I believe there's just such a massive opportunity for us to create a, uh, an entrepreneurial brand that, that is more of a grassroots kind of feel in the trenches, battle-tested kind of content feel, not so much about the listicles or the – billion dollar stories you know what i mean so yeah i just think there's a real opportunity there which is what excites me as well to create something um that is uh disruptive in a market that is quite uh noisy well i know that you and your aussie friends have to get back to eating all that kangaroo and consuming all that vegemite uh, so i've got my final cluster of questions for you this is how i sneak in a variety of questions and i hate the way, i hate when people ambush somebody with two questions so i'm just going to give you three as a, as a cluster here just to play it safe oh good so a typical day for you you know like what, what time do you typically wake up and, and how many hours a day 
were you grinding when you first started? So think about that. When you first started the business, when you first started, what did a typical day look like for you? What time were you waking up? And how many hours per day were you were you working when you started? Great question. So when I started, um, you know, uh, like I transparently said, um, didn't have much money, didn't cost that much to start up the business, was still working in a in a nine to five job to support myself to pay rent and, and bills. Um, so I would get up at probably around seven in the morning, and from seven to eight a.m. I'd do like an hour of power, and then it'd take me about an hour to commute by the time I got to the office. Uh, and then, so that, yeah, and then I'd get home, uh, around six o'clock, I'd have some dinner and then from about, uh, 8 PM to 10 PM, I would, uh, would would do another couple of hours of work sometimes depends if i saw my partner my girlfriend um or not i would maybe work until like one or two or three a.m and then i'd wake up and do it all again uh so to be honest uh i was probably clocking up at least uh 12 hour 14 hour work days for a long time um you know a good year before i left it took a good year before i left and and even right now like I don't really count, but I'm always thinking about Founder and what we can do. Thrive Nation, we get back from the break. More with our interview with Nathan Chan, the founder of Founder Digital Magazine. But before we go to the break, I want to tell you about a great company called Onyx Imaging. As an entrepreneur, I'm always thinking about our company and how we can make it better. What we can do to minimize our expenses, to maximize the experience we offer our customers, to improve every aspect of the business. And one way one way I found that we can improve our overall experience is to have a quality printer supply company. And that's why we tipped, decided to turn to Onyx Imaging. That's Onyx Imaging. Chip, Chip, what is their website? Onyximaging.com, or you can check them out at TulsaPrinterRepair.com. Get your free printer copier today, TulsaPrinterRepair.com. Three, two, one, Boom. You are now entering the dojo of Mojo and the Thrive Time Show. Thrive Time Show on the microphone. What is this? Top of the iTunes charts in the category of business. Drilling down on business topics like we are a dentist. Providing you with mentorship like you are an apprentice. And we go so fast that you might get motion sickness. Grab a pen and pad to the lab. Let's get in this. It's time to bear some fruit like some Florida oranges. Three, two, one. Here come the business ninjas. Ninjas. Boom. All right, all right, and all right. Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show. We are interviewing today Nathan Chan, the founder of Founder Digital Magazine. Throughout his career, he's interviewed Richard Branson, Seth Godin, Gary Vee, Tony Robbins, Mark Cuban, and many other esteemed guests. And so it is our great honor to interview Nathan Chan. He's talking about right now, he's talking about the white hot maniacal obsession that it takes to grow a successful business. So without any further ado, my exclusive interview with Nathan Chan, the founder of Founder Digital Magazine. And even right now, like I don't really count, but I'm always thinking about founder and what we can do i don't i i never miss a social event and i always make sure i go to the gym as much as i can and and try and maintain a healthy lifestyle but um man it's got to be an obsession you know okay so you you would say for anybody out there who's wanting to start a successful company if i mean i I hear this all the time for everybody we've ever interviewed who is successful basically explains if you're not 
obsessing about the business when in those early foundational uh, stages, you're not willing to put in those 12 and 14 hour days. I mean, it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be tough, maybe even not possible. Yeah, well, look, for me, I had to maintain uh, the, the day job. So there was at least, you know, seven, eight hours there and a couple hours commute in between. So I think that the key distinction people need to make and that I see personally uh, is a lot of people like the idea of starting a business, uh, but they're actually too comfortable with their current situation. So I think you have to be willing to, I guess, in some way, shape or form, just want it so badly that you're prepared to to go that extra mile or, or shake up your status quo. Um, because, yeah, for some reason, a lot of people like the idea of having a business, but they're just too comfortable with their current situation and and quite often, I believe, make excuses. If you can have if you have an extra one to two hours that you can allocate per day, you don't need to leave your day job. But if, as long as you can consistently spend even half an hour a day for a year and make sure that the work that you're doing is not research but actionable things that moves the needle forward to to build your business or you know speaking to a customer um, you know not, not even developing a logo that stuff is easy but I'm talking you know writing some marketing materials writing you know um, creating some sort of lead generation system like or putting time towards it if you can do anything like half an hour a day is all it really takes and a a little bit of work on weekends and if you have a family I just honestly believe that it is possible on half an hour a day um, keeping your day job and just giving it and just ask yourself if I give it a good hard crack for one year let's see how far I can take it and what do you got to lose you know, I it, it it'd be easy for me. I, I want to be able to let you go, but I'm too comfortable having you on the podcast here. So <laughs> I'm gonna reluctantly let you let you go. I think I have to let you go. Uh, the guys have told me I have to let go. Just let go, let go. But I want you to know, I I really um, enjoy uh, having you on this podcast, and I, I think that um, you get to to end the show with kind of the cherry on top. The final advice you could give to any of our listeners out there. What would be the advice you say, gosh, I've done a lot, I've seen a lot, I've really been able to have some success at an early age, and you're not even to where you want to go yet. I mean, you said you're already reaching millions of people per month, and now you want to reach tens of millions. What's the final bit of advice you want to give to all of the Thrive Nation listening all over the world from Australia to Oklahoma and beyond? Thank you so much for the kind words. Um, Look, I think the biggest thing is from from what I've learned is is one of the fastest ways to fast track from where you are right now to where you want to be is finding people that have done what you want to do before and learn from them and hang out with them and and do whatever you can to provide those people value. Um, always serve first and ask later and network. But I think that's the fastest way. Like, you know, that that famous quote, you're the average of the five people you spend uh, most of your time with. I really right. do believe that to be true. Um, like, just as an example, a little story just quickly. Yeah, sure. when, I was, when I was in my day job and I started founder and I fell in love with it and I was like, yeah, maybe I can turn this into a thing and a business and I can work on it full time. I used my mindset was at first, I hope, I wish, 
Um, I hope that day comes that I can that I can work on it full time. Boo. And then and Boo. then and then as time went on, and I started speaking and and networking hardcore and surrounding myself with other successful founders and entrepreneurs that were working in their business full time and and building something full time and being able to support themselves and their families um then it became not my mindset started to change and it wasn't if or hope or like any of that stuff it was the mindset shifted to it's just only a matter of time or you know, it's it's going to happen, and and I know it's going to happen, and and I think the yes. your mindset is yes. so incredibly important. Just like whatever goal you're at, let's say you've built your business, you want to get to six figures, or you want to get your six figure business to seven, or you want to get your seven figure business to multiple seven figures, or you want to get multiple seven figures to eight. You have to, you know, it's it, it's all about mindset. I think that's probably you know, most of the journey or most of what's going to help you, a big portion of what's going to help you get there is the belief that you can do it. And you can get that belief by seeing others around you, everyday people like you or I that are no smarter than you or I. I've spoken to Mark Cuban, Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, all these incredibly, insanely successful founders that everyone looks up to and puts on a pedestal. And I can tell you they are no smarter than you or I. So, um, you know, they've just got a fantastic team behind them, a great strategy. They've worked insanely hard um, and they've been insanely focused. And yes, there is an element of luck there. But for the most part, that's all it is. They're no smarter than you or I. So uh, I wish you nothing but success in life and business. You know what? I, I typically don't uh, boo our guests and then cheer them within a 90 second window there. But I 100 percent agree with that idea, that that idea that move beyond wishing and hoping and move into the world worldview where you believe it's going to happen. It's only a matter of time. And I also am believing, I'm not wishing, I'm not hoping, I'm believing, I know that the listeners are going to go check out your website. That's F-O-U-N-D-R.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-R.com, founder.com, where you can read more from uh, Nathan's incredible online digital entrepreneurial magazine. Nathan, thank you so much for joining us from across the pond. And may the, the force... And the Vegemite be with you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Thrive Nation, when we return, it's the Ask Me Anything segment of the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Three, two, one, boom. You are now entering the dojo of Mojo and the Thrive Time Show. Thrive Time Show on the microphone. What is this? Top of the iTunes charts in the category of business. Drilling down on business topics like we are a dentist. Providing you with mentorship like you are an apprentice. And we go so fast that you might get motion sickness. Grab a pen and pad to the lab. Let's get in this. It's time to bear some fruit like some Florida oranges. Three, two, one. Here come the business ninjas. Ninjas. Boom. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I am the former U.S. SBA Entrepreneur of the Year, the father of five human kids, and the incredible uh, uh, man who's been lucky enough to be married to the same woman for 17 years. And so we have a thriver by the name of Matt who uh, has a few questions. And Matt, you work in our in our office, but you also listen to the podcast, which I believe, you did you hear about us first through the radio show or the podcast? Matt, how did you first hear about myself and my wife and what we do here at the, at the Thrive Time Show? 
Well, I was talking to a, a coworker of mine, and I was telling him kind of how I wanted to start a podcast of my own, interviewing entrepreneurs. He says, well, actually, there's somebody in town who does the same thing. You should go and like, see if you can internship for him. Started listening to you guys like, I'm doing it. I'm going to go in there and ask. Really? And he did. He And he did. <laughs> he just he walked, walked in, in on a Friday yeah. and, and talked. Talk to me. Yeah. I got his information, and he's been awesome. Yeah. Okay, Matt. So you have the floor. Any questions that you want to ask, keep them coming. Absolutely. So Ready, go. Uh, I've been reading the book Good to Great, and so a couple of things have stuck out to me. Jim uh, Collins, which, by the way, uh, I talked to his assistant the other day, and I got a solid rejection. Nice. But it was good for him. 100 no's to get a yes. Maybe oh, right. that's yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> solid rejection. Well, what he was talking about in uh, one of the chapters of the book is about charismatic leaders and how a charismatic leader can actually be a detriment to the success of the team due to the people wanting to please the leader instead of facing the actual reality of the situation. Oh, man. Uh, as somebody with a charismatic personality like yourself and like I have a charismatic personality, uh, what is an example of a red flag mechanism that you can implement or that I can implement to ensure the success in both my personal and my professional life? Whoa. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, um, the, the word uh, charisma, as we call it in America, means basically to be like an engaging, energetic personality, uh, somebody who can, like a magnetic personality, someone, someone who can attract people to, to them. Um, the original word charisma with a K it means the gift of grace. So I would say my wife has charisma with a K. And I naturally am more of the CH. And over time, I've had to learn to be more of the K, gift of grace kind of person versus the magnetic personality. And I can say this, that my biggest pain for me personally, the part that I struggle with the most, is that people who I don't want to be around are attracted to me <laughs> like uh, bees to honey. And so people are like, oh my gosh, Clay. How did you build your DJ business? And I and I want to say, uh, go away. Please don't talk to me because you are not the kind of person who can show up on time, and therefore you are not the kind of person that can be successful. So your question doesn't make any sense. But if you would have shown up on time to ask me the question, then it would have made sense. So you are the kind of guy who will be successful because you're the kind of guy that shows up on time, you do what you say you're going to do, and it's diligence. Proverbs 10.4 says, God blesses the hands of the diligent. It says, God punishes the slacker, but it says, God blesses the hands of the diligent. It does not say, God blesses the hands of the funny person. Um, but I am funny, and I'm, and I'm good at that. That's sort of a gift I have. But my wife is more of the gift of grace kind of person. So I would just say, I can tell you this, and Vanessa could, Vanessa could, could vouch, we built DJ Connection Vanessa, weren't, didn't we attract, I mean, everyone wants to be a part of the, the show, the yeah. atmosphere, the success, but do, don't the people that really last and the people that really make an impact, aren't those the guys and gals who are consistent and the ones who do what they say they're going to do? Aren't those people like Matt? Uh, yes, and I can tell you this. I have seen this over and over and over since, you know, we've started any company. People are attracted to him because he knows where he wants to go and he has that what you said that naturally charismatic personality the thing that is my pet peeve is that very often the type of personality um that will be attracted will be someone who is needy oh yeah they yeah. need him and so they then it's not enough just to go and do a good job they need you're doing a great Pat job we're proud Pat of you and, and yes. they will come to him like bees to honey looking for that affirmation 
And just as a wife, the thing that drives me crazy is girls are notorious. Oh. And, you know, I mean, when I, 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 can I all you can do is, is try to make them aware of it. But can to I? me, it's such a, I, I don't know, guys do it too. Can I say this? Saying, can I say this? Family aspect, that's where, but he's such a charismatic leader and it's only the ones, they, it's not enough for them just to do a good job and go to head, get ahead on those merits. They will go to him and because he's charismatic, he gives them what they're looking for, that good job, you know what I mean? And, and, and they, they love that, but that is... I think something that charismatic leaders, they're always going to attract the neediest people. because They attract they need, people that don't love themselves. Right? Yes, yeah. we, and they need that affirmation. Now, yes, we've got right. great people in the organization, but it's always going to be by default. Those, the needy people will be well, around. And I can say this is that uh, I agree with what you're saying from the female perspective. I have no, I have no pushback. But I will also say that like, we built DJ Connection. It was all dudes. Yeah. And the guys yes. that were the most needy guys – needed that positive affirmation. Those are the ones that it's always... It's true for both sexes. I'm they're the saying. ones who fizzled out the fastest, though. Right. The yeah. ones who needed that. That's why if you go to like a Tony Robbins seminar, by and large, it's filled with people that are never going to start a successful company. It's filled with people that are like highly needy and they need someone to say, you can do it. Yes. But I'm telling you right there, if you're listening right now, you can do it, but it's not because of me. It's because God made you. And he had a plan for your life, and he, you weren't made by mistake, and you just have to understand that God blesses the hands of the diligent. And I just want to say, you know, like you said, it, it's, 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 you know, it's not like one sex. It goes all sexes. They're going to be most attracted to someone who is a powerful leader. But not only are they a powerful leader, he leads, he affirms people, right? He gives, and so people, people want that, and that is fine. And what I come to is like, I need the people who work in our office to be whole people in themselves and to know that just doing a good job right. and being satisfied in that. Because every job that Clay's ever had or I've ever had, we've done great. We've been promoted. But never have I been, you know, if you, 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 if you I, can't I, motivate I, yourself, you can't motivate anybody. Yes. Like you've got to so be I, in charge of yourself. Yeah. I will also say that I, I attract a disproportionate amount of uh, transgender people with needs. <laughs> right. I, and not just well, females, yeah, but uh, transgender. <laughs> I, anybody out there, if you're, if you're transgender. Ambiguity. That's my niche. That's right, my niche. Right. Now, now Matt, Matt, what's your next question there? Uh, keeping on the context of, of leading, how do you lead if you're not necessarily in the position or have the authority to lead? Okay, when we come back from the break, I want to get more into this, but I'm going to give the listeners an idea uh, out there just to think about. Um, there's a Bible verse, and I like the Bible um, because I believe it to be the irrefutable Word of God. Uh, this, is a, this is an idea. There's a Bible verse that says, Work as unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. Now, a lot of people say, well, what does that mean? Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will be receiving an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So I believe if you are diligent and consistent over time, you will ultimately become promoted into a position of leadership. So you want, what you want to do is you want to every day lead with your work ethic. You want to be the first person there. You literally want to be the first, and this is not a rough concept. I'm, I'm saying you want to find out what time John Kelly gets to work, and you want to beat John to work, and then you want to be the last person to leave because that's how you stand out, and that's how you demand the attention of your people. Stay tuned. It's the Drive Time Show on your radio. 
facts No negative emotion Cause that's what business is Always dominate Cause I got five kids I will not lose I don't break but bruise They can talk about me I can take that abuse Here is the truth While they make that excuse I'll be up grinding Cause the scoreboard's the truth He is my mentor Like my Yoda dude He showed me the force Like I was a young loser Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio and podcast download. Now, one of the uh, great joys of my life is being able to mentor the members of our team, our own team. Um, I, I don't believe in mentoring clients only. If you are willing to come to work every day, my job is to leave you better than I found you, to teach you what you need to know to move on and to become successful. I believe working with me is a tour of duty. You learn certain skills and you can move on. And I can say we've had so many people that have used uh, um, working with me as a trampoline, as a springboard into their next thing. We've got a guy right now that I'm telling you this. He is going to be a success in whatever he does because God blesses the hands of the diligent. And this guy is diligent. He's kind. He is uh, a joy to work with. And uh, I hate to say this, but he's pretty funny. He is. He's, he's funny. His laugh you know, gets me like, every time because he's listen, so laughable. Don't take my thunder away. I'm gonna tell you this. This is this guy. Uh, he honestly is a, just a really great guy to work with. He actually walked over to our offices. He had a different job, and he said, "Hey, I, I'm willing to work for free, yes, if need be, because that's not uh, a hypothetical thing that you know Steven Spielberg did." That Puff Daddy did, Oprah Winfrey. That Ryan Tedder did, uh, that Oprah Winfrey did. As you said, it's something that they that all successful I, people do. And I want to say it really made him stand out because at that time, you don't know this, we had just hired someone, so like we didn't have any more positions. But I was like, well, he says he'll do it for free, so why don't we just bring the person on that? <laughs> What's we it going to hurt? <laughs> hired, and then we'll just bring him on too, and we'll. And just that's see. how Devin started. Devin, by the yeah. way, was working at Walmart at the time and wanted right? to come work with us, yes. and so he came to work for free for three to four weeks. That's how I got my job. DJing. That's how I earned my job at Texan Accounting Software. That's how I earned all my first DJ gigs. It's the art of the no-brainer. And so now you've earned the right to ask us any question you want to ask here on this special edition of the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Matt, what questions do you have for me? Well, Clay, thank you so much for letting me ask these. Um, my question has to do a lot with leadership because I want to develop myself as a leader. Uh, but how do you lead if you're not really in the position or if you don't have the authority to lead? There are three things America judges you on. Think about this. Don't get uh, don't get offended. Don't get mad. Take these as coaching moments. One, people judge you based on your work ethic. So just beat every single person to work. Just beat them to work. And that's 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 a huge weird idea when you when you get it it's like it's so simple. But when you literally beat people to work and you beat them at their work, it's like an unbelievable combo. So one is beat them to work. Two, beat them at work. Like just do better than they do. Like make sure you do better than everybody else does. Like we're overwork, overtrain, over just over deliver, over just do more than than than, than you're expected to do. Okay, when you over deliver, you'll soon get overpaid. And the third is speak positive over everyone. All the time. And this, for me, is a challenge because when you're a coach, when you're an owner, 
when you're somebody in my wife's position who does payroll. And Vanessa, I mean, give Matt an example. When you when people turn in their their hours or the miles that they drove from location A to B, back when we were running the DJ connection, if you had to guess as a percentage, what percentage of the time would the DJ make up the hours that they drove from location A to B to a uh, uh, to an amount that is more than what they actually drove? You know, now we're in a different situation. I think we have a really great team, and I can honestly say, like, if, if that but happens back in the day. An, ac- an accident now, not back now. in the day, it was like 50%. Right. Oh, no. Half so, of everybody. Yeah. And they look in People the eye. People filling up boats. What? That, I, I, caught a guy. Gas. I caught a guy filling up his boat with our company truck yeah. on a Saturday yeah. one day. Come on. You never, at least I never would have. I wasn't even thinking about these things, so I wasn't looking for them. Well, you live I, life in your perspective, right? And you yeah, wouldn't would, you wouldn't do that to no, somebody, never, right? Never. So like, yeah. This never. is weird, but I, I'm right now on this microphone in the studio, Matt. I am probably um what, fifteen feet from you? Yep. Right. Yeah. Ten feet from you. Right. Um it's weird to me, but this has happened twice since I've known about it, where a person's sitting from me to you. My wife is like six feet away. Somebody's from me to you distance is having an affair with somebody who's working in my office. Yep. And it happens multiple times. And what happens and is... And it was that, just to throw out there... Oh. It, you know, obviously it was not with him. It was that people in the office, but it was that needy personality, oh, yeah. needing attention, needing affirmation. They kept giving it, kept giving it, and then went to multiple people at the office for it instead of her husband at home. <laughs> multiple people. This but is all crazy. I'm, all I'm saying is that my wife speaks the truth, and I'm saying is then it's easy then to have a negative view of the world, but people view you from a negative perspective if you even say that. What I just said right now, someone's going to go, oh my gosh, you're so negative. Well, they were going through yeah. some stuff. Clay. Right. But what I'm saying is you have to choose to speak positive. Over everything and everybody. Get speak positive, but get the weeds out. Don't let that. No, exist. I agree. Speak Find the out we- about it. Get them out and speak positive. I agree. I agree. I just I'm just telling you, like as a human, when you're on a mic, when you're in front of the group, when you're in front of the team, you would want to praise people that are doing great things, and yeah. that's how you stand out. And over time, if you do that, it usually takes about a year. Then all of a sudden, you'll get promoted. It takes about six more months. You move up again. A uh, couple of years, all of a sudden, you're in charge of something. Then you do a good job with that. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, let's give you more. Uh, you just it, explained my path at Thrive. <laughs> so, yeah, and I was going to say. John, in John's path. In John's path and, and Marshall's. And, and I think it comes down to if you just hold yourself to a higher standard than everyone else in, everyone, in every area, people will notice that. They'll be drawn to that. And that that's i think how you know you have your authority you're holding yourself to a higher standard right okay. and uh, back to the beat them at work what i was going to say on this is every job that is assigned to you do it like you're hiring yourself to do the job mm. uh, eric that job. eric chup does this that's what I, I my parents were business owners my grandfather's business owner my all my in-laws this is all i've ever known i don't value my time as an hourly wage i value the the, what we get done at the day of work. And so anything that I need to do, I'm pretending like I'm hiring somebody, I'm paying them to do it. How, what is my expectation if I'm paying somebody to do something? It's pretty high. So I better live up or even exceed that expectation. And that's how you can get noticed. Because people notice that. That's not normal. Now, Matt, rapid fire question. You've got time for three more questions. Bring it hot. I'll, boom, boom, boom. I'll, I'll return it super fast. Here we go. All right. So um, I want to talk a little bit about the program that you've designed here at Thrive. Uh, did you design every single step yourself or yes. did you have so you it was all you you didn't have z's input or yes okay 
Now the Correct. thing is, I saw him develop the whole thing. I build all the systems, every single one of them. But I'll tell you this: I build the systems back to Venice. Um, what's interesting, I just want to add this caveat because most people don't know this. He was business coaching back when he started DJ Connection. He wasn't charging for it. He did it for free, but it's like a calling. I think you can notice that on him. It's a calling he has on his life. It's who he is. You know, he was doing it before we were charging for it. And at a certain point, um, I think I brought up, hey, we should charge for this. But he's naturally inclined to teach. It's, his, it's what he's made to do. But when I was starting my businesses, growing my businesses, I had Z as a mentor. I had Clifton yep. Talbert as a mentor. I had Lori Montag as a mentor. And they were all people that helped me go to a next level. Each person pushed me up to the next level. But I was the one who documented all these systems and processes because for them it was more intuitive. And for me it was things I had to be taught. And so I wanted to document it into the book called Start Here, which all the listeners can download for free at thrivetimeshow.com. We actually have uh, multiple listeners right now. I talked to a guy today who is buying the book Start Here on Amazon and giving it to new clients yes. as a gift. It's awesome. Because it is such a rich book, and it continues to sell every month, sell more and more every month, because it's a book that once you read it, you go, man, there's a lot in here. Uh, my gift is to coach businesses. Um, but I had a lot of people that blessed me, that for them it was more intuitive, and for me I had to be taught those things. But I canonized, I documented those systems, and that's what I did. Matt, back to you. Uh, speaking of mentors, what would you say to somebody who is trying to find a mentor, trying to find multiple mentors? One uh, mentor. One mentor. Only have one. For uh, At first, yeah. Okay. What would you say to somebody who's out there trying to find one? Let me do this. When we come back, um, we're going we're gonna to wrap up today's show. But we're going to do a separate podcast just to answer your questions. And I'll answer that question of how do you find a mentor? What's the process of getting a mentor? But before we do that, I want to make sure all the listeners know about this one thing. If you have yet to book your tickets for the June 22nd and June 23rd podcast, that's June, or the June 22nd and June 23rd uh, conference. Again, book your tickets today for the June 22nd and June 23rd conference. You just go to thrivetimeshow.com. You can buy your tickets right there. That event has the, has the capacity to absolutely change your life. But we can't help you if we don't get a chance to know you. So buy your tickets today at thrivetimeshow.com. Click on the conferences button and buy your tickets today. Three, two, two one, boom! boom. What you learn, increase what you learn, and in due time you got money to burn. Apply what you learn, increase what you learn, and in due time you got money to burn. Sing it. Apply what you learn, increase what you learn, and in due time you got money to burn. Sing it.